Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what He has to say to you today. Enjoy. So tonight is our last standalone sermon before we start jumping back into a number of sermon series that we have planned for the whole next coming year. And so looking forward to jumping into some different sermon series as we kind of go along. But this is the last standalone sermon, and um, it's an opportunity for me to pray and sense what God is speaking to you and to us as a church and to kind of give a message that I feel like from the Lord for, for us collectively. And so as I've been praying this past couple weeks and talking with the staff, uh, James and myself, and Alex is kind of on vacation this week, but as we've been kind of praying and chatting and discerning, um, obviously God's up to something at Coastal. He's always up to something. But part of my job as a pastor and us as a staff and us as a team of elders, frankly, is to discern what God is doing. God's doing all kinds of stuff. And over the last year, two years or so, I felt like that Coastal Church was in a season of becoming stable. That God had us in a season of becoming stabilized. And I just want to say, and all praise and glory goes to God, I really sense authentically that the Lord has brought a tremendous amount of stability in the life of our church on every level. Uh, Like spiritually, emotionally, financially. Just as we grow and mature as a church plant, a baby church four years ago, and this month we'll celebrate our four-year anniversary, there's a process of growing up both individually, spiritually, but also collectively as a church. And I just want to say that I really sense the Lord has helped us to kind of get more stable and to mature. And so that's, that's kind of a message that's been burning in my heart over the last year and a half or so. The, there's another thing that I sense that the Lord's doing kind of in our church. Um, and as we've kind of go into this month and celebrate our four-year anniversary, a lot, lot's happened over the last four years. Um, many of you in this room, Uh, came to either accept Christ or be baptized over the last four years, and you're kind of growing up in your newfound faith or a faith that's been maybe there for a few years, and so you're kind of learning the process of becoming stable in your relationship with God, right? And then we also have a number of people in our church that are actually mature believers. You've, like, been serving Jesus for quite some long time now, And you're kind of just searching and discerning of how does God want you to continue to grow so you don't get stagnant or plateau. You still want more that God has for you. And so in our church, we have the whole span of like, you got saved last week to you've been serving Jesus for 45 years and everything in between. And so it's like, as a church, how do you keep going uh, more with what God has? And, And so, yes, I still feel like we're still in a season of stability But there's also, if I could characterize this season for the life of our church, I also sense that the Holy Spirit has us in a season of deepening. And that's the word that I feel like I want to share with you today, is that individually and collectively, God wants to take us deeper deeper. Can you all say deeper? Deeper. Now, there's a passage in, uh, in the Old Testament. It talks about this river that this prophet, it had the, the water was coming up to his ankles, then it went knee deep, then it went waist deep, then it was up to his head, and he kind of jumped in the river. Some of you are ankle deep, and God's calling you to go knee deep. 
Some of you are knee deep and God's calling you to go waist deep. Some of you are waist deep and God's calling you to jump in a little further. And some of you are at a spot where you just need to go all in and fully surrender and let just the wave of God, the move of the Holy Spirit consume every part of your life. Call it going from the shallow end of the pool to the deep end of the pool, spiritually, if you will. Just to be clear, God is calling us into a season of deepening. God is calling us deeper. And so there's this idea of us getting stable above ground, but there's also this sense of like God wanting to drill down deeper, to dig us deeper, so we were built on the rock that is Jesus, his, the Jesus way, the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said this, after he preached the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, basically laid out what a kingdom lifestyle actually looks like. After Jesus taught about what it looks like to live the Jesus way, Jesus said, based on the teachings I just give you, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. God wants to take us deeper spiritually so we can actually withstand the storms of culture and the world and everything that's going to be thrown at us. God wants to give us a a deeper foundation. And ultimately, God wants to take us deeper, individually and corporately, to increase our capacity for kingdom impact. God wants to increase your capacity for the things of God. Individually, and when God does it individually in your life, guess what happens? Our ability as a church broadens as well. As God takes you deeper individually, guess what? If you call close to your home, you're part of us. And even if you don't call close to your home, you're part of the body of Christ. So as God takes you deeper, it actually broadens and deepens the body at large. Does that make sense? And so God wants to take us deeper to increase our capacity. And so some things need to shift. Some things need to move in order for us to make room for what God wants to do. So this is a picture that the Holy Spirit gave me this week that's just been turning around like, like I'm chewing on a piece of steak over and over and over again. This, this word is this. Now, some of you might not know this word when I share it, but I hope to explain it a little bit so you can understand it. Spiritually speaking, how God wants to take us deeper is he wants to dredge our lives. Dredge. That's the word the Lord gave me this week as I was praying for y'all. And some of you are like, what's dredge? Some of you maybe know what dredging is, and you're just trying to like make the comparison to like that to like my life and spiritually speaking. Let me just kind of unpack that a little bit. This is the word, that, the picture that came to me this week, that God wants to spiritually dredge our lives to make room and increase our capacity and to deepen us, to take us deeper in order that we can experience the kingdom potential that God has for us in our lives and collectively as a church. So dredging, you might ask. What on earth is dredging? Well, dredging is the process of digging up a harbor or a riverbed to make room for boats and ships to to make passage there. If it's too shallow, ships and boats can't make their way through. And so dredging happens either by a ship 
or a barge with an excavator to deepen harbors and rivers to open up shipping canals or shipping lanes so that ships can make passage. And it's a process of digging up the dirt from the bottom and taking it out and through lots of different ways, removing the dirt from that space to deepen the harbor. Like I watched some videos this week and was reading up about it. In Baltimore, for instance, 1.5 million cubic yards are dredged every year to keep shipping lanes clear so ships can get in and out of port and so that ports can maintain its depth and key accessibility. The dredging maintains the capacity of this port to function as it should. So just to summarize, dredging is the process of making a harbor or river deeper. It's getting rid of some dirt and some sediment that either was there previously or has accumulated over time. And ultimately, it, 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 it means that this harbor or this river increases its capacity to do what it needs to do. Now, I want you to think about this idea of dredging, and I want you to translate it into our spiritual lives. Can you do that tonight? I mean, can you use your brain and hearts a little bit here? Think about how God wants to take you deeper. Not only does he want to take you deeper, he wants to make you deeper. You see the difference? Jesus wants to take you deeper, but he wants to make you deeper. And the process by which he wants to make you deeper is to dredge the things up in your life to create more room for what God has in store for you. It's to spiritually dredge. It's to start this process of bringing stuff to the surface. And as we prayed about here tonight, uh, James, I believe, prayed in our prayer circle the process of bringing stuff up to the surface isn't always all that pleasant. It can be often painful as he prayed. And so we have this tendency when stuff comes up from our lives to try to hold it down like a balloon. And yet it's actually the Holy Spirit often that wants to bring some stuff, some dirt up from the bottom, so to speak, in order to kind of for us to deal with it and to take us deeper. Because some of that stuff that's in our life, some of the dirt and the sediment that's gathered from life, it's actually holding back our capacity for the kingdom. And so God actually wants to dredge up some stuff in our life. He wants to take some dirt out of our lives to increase our capacity. Now, I will say this. Satan brings up your past, the dirt from the past, to accuse you. But Jesus brings up your past to deal with it. Satan brings up your past, brings up the dirt to accuse us. Jesus brings it up to deal with it. Because he took all of our dirt on the cross. And so for us, it's reconciling our dirt with the cross of Jesus and realizing all that stuff in our past has been dealt with at the cross of Jesus. He broke the power of sin. His shed blood washes away the dirt. And so we don't have to be afraid to bring up that past to him because he's the only one with the capabilities of dealing with it. Amen? And so Jesus wants to actually bring that stuff up to deal with it and get rid of it, to knock it out, to take it out of our lives and to increase our capacity. Now, some of us are in this room and we're maybe not even a Christian yet, or we're new to faith in Jesus. And so God has just started this process of kind of digging up that stuff to free you up and to bless you by turning you away from that life. 
And so you're kind of going through this somewhat emotional and spiritual process of God taking you deeper, but it ain't all that pleasant. Just, just trust me. It's part of the process, and you can trust God because he loves you. It is good, even though it might not feel good in the moment. Jesus is taking you and making you deeper. Amen? And so if you're new to faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit will start this process of bringing stuff up. Now, there's also those of us who, maybe, maybe this isn't the first time we, we have come to faith in Jesus. We've been walking with the Lord for a little bit. We understand that when we come to faith in Jesus, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He takes away all the sin. And so we understand that part of it. We believe and we know that when we ask God for forgiveness, he's forgiven us. But over time, sometimes, um, the sand and sediment and dirt starts to accumulate in that spot where Jesus kind of had done a work in our lives. One of the things I found fascinating about this video I watched about the dredging that happens in Baltimore is in order to keep this shipping capacity at what it needs to be every single year, they have to dredge that 1.5 million every single year. Because there's, a, there's accumulation of sediments and dirt that gets picked up over time every year where the shipping lanes kind of get filled in. And so they have to dredge every single year. They have to do what's called maintenance dredging. Maintenance dredging. And here's the deal. Sometimes maybe, maybe you've been a Christian for a bit, but over time for different kinds of reasons, stuff, you've picked up dirt in your life as you've tried to walk this life. And maybe some sediments have gathered in your life that aren't good, that are hindering you from your kingdom and capacity that God has for you. And God actually wants to do some spiritual maintenance dredging in your life. Am I hitting home here tonight? The Holy Spirit wants to do some maintenance dredging. Maybe there's some stuff you picked up over life. Maybe there's been relationships that's been strained and you picked up bitterness and resentment. Maybe there's just stuff in your heart that's kind of been sewed in with the wheat in the tares kind of deal, and you've got Jesus in your heart, but other stuff is kind of filled in where it shouldn't be there. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring that stuff to the surface and do some maintenance dredging. Let me explain it this way. Jesus, when he was interacting with his disciples in John chapter 13, the Bible teaches us that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Remember that in the scriptures? And Jesus wanted to wash the disciples' feet, and Simon was resistant to this idea, Simon Peter. And he didn't want him to wash them because he felt like he was unworthy. And Simon Peter, uh, Jesus went on to say that, if I don't wash your feet, you can have no part of me. And Simon Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Wash me completely. And then Jesus says this to them. The one who is bathed, does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Jesus is talking about the moment you accept Jesus, God forgives everything. You're made clean. You don't have to get saved over and over and over again. And I know some of us, maybe we're growing up or we accept Jesus and we've done it like seven or eight, nine, 12 times, right? You don't have to do that. We are saved the moment we put our faith genuinely in the work of Jesus. God forgives us for everything and cleanses everything away. So we don't have to get saved again over and over again. But over time, as we walk this life, sometimes our feet get dirty. 
and we need to wash our feet. We need to come to Jesus and say, Lord, I've let stuff come into my life that's not from you, and I need you to just forgive me and remove this stuff from my life that's holding me back spiritually, that's hindering me from walking out my kingdom capacity that you've called me to walk out. And so that's what I mean by spiritually dredging. Am I making sense now? That it's not like the initial time, but it's a maintenance dredging where the Holy Spirit comes in and some sediment and dirt that's gathered in our lives, he's taken out again because stuff has started to accumulate. It's like Jesus, Peter didn't need his whole body washed, he needed his feet washed. He was already made clean, and we're already made clean the moment we accept Jesus, but we need our feet spiritually washed. And matter of fact, Jesus said the disciples after he, after he instructed them to wash one another's feet, he said, you've seen me do this, now you also ought to wash one another's feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. And so God actually gives us the responsibility to actually care for one another's spiritual lives. Let me say this to you. I care deeply about how each and every one of you are doing spiritually. I care deeply about your relationship with God because there's nothing more important than your relationship with God. And so I care deeply about the health of your spiritual life. And we are actually all called as the body of Christ to actually care for one another's spiritual lives. Did you know that? We're actually all called to care for one another and, and be concerned about the spiritual health of one another. And I said this on Tuesday night to the gang that was here. If we get our spiritual lives right and in order and healthy, it sets the tone for every other aspect of our lives. And so I care deeply about our spiritual lives. And so, and we're also all supposed to care for one another's spiritual lives. It's why the Bible says that we're to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that we may be healed. How many of you know we all have blind spots? We all have areas of our lives that we're ignorant to, and we need people to come around us and to help us with our blind spots or with our struggles, with the stuff that we pick up over time. As I was uh, reading about dredging, I noticed that it's actually a team effort. It's not one person that can operate a dredging boat. It needs a whole team to do this project. And oftentimes the sand that gets put onto boats that get, gets then taken to a pipeline where they do land recovery, actually, and they put the sand in areas where the coastline is kind of being removed. It's a, it's a team process. And spiritually speaking, the process of God dredging out stuff in your life is not a Lone Ranger deal. You actually can't do it by yourself. You cannot go deeper without other people in your life. Dredging cannot be done alone, and it's same Thing applies to the spiritual aspect of things. You cannot go deeper alone. You can't. You cannot go deeper alone. Trying to go deeper with Jesus without the help of others is like trying to dig a canyon with a pickaxe. Just not going to happen, guys. You need other people in your life that care about your spiritual health enough they're willing to ask you the tough questions. They're willing to ask you questions that maybe you won't ask yourself because they love you 
And, they, and not out of nitpicking, not out of criticalism, not out of the things that make you feel judged. The reason they care about your spiritual life is out of love and because they want to see you rocking your kingdom capacity to the fullness. That's why God wants to do this work in our lives. It's not because he's this nitpicky judge that's out to be hypercritical. God wants to dredge our lives from the dirt and the stuff we picked up so we can live to the fullness of our kingdom and capacity. Does that make sense? He wants to increase your capacity. So what stuff does God want to dredge out of my life? Well, Paul gives all kinds of great lists. If you just read any of Paul's letters, almost every letter has a list of the stuff that God wants to dredge out of our lives. This is what he says he wants you to get rid of, to dredge out, or he says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality and impurity, passion and evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Jesus wants to dredge out all the bitterness you have in your life. He wants to dredge out all the resentment you have in your life because it's hindering your kingdom capacity. He wants to dredge out the unforgiveness, the stuff that we have in here, the dirt that's not from God. He wants to remove it from our lives because those things limit our capacity for the king and for the kingdom. I was reading this morning in my devotions in 2 Corinthians where Paul was writing to these believers who were maturing in their faith. And this is what he says. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. In other words, dredge out everything that stains us. And the other part that I thought was interesting about this passage of Scripture is we actually have an active part to play. It's a command given by Paul to the church in Corinth and a command given to us by the Holy Spirit to us here today. We have an active part to get rid of the stuff, to cleanse ourselves. Paul says to put to death or to remove this stuff. So we have a part to play in this journey. And I think that's interesting about this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 is it talks about this idea of bringing holiness to completion. There's a sense of, like, maturity in this passage of Scripture. You ever wonder what the word holiness means? Holiness is this idea of us being fully set apart for God, for God's purpose and what God wants to do in and through our lives. And when God starts to work in your life before you accept Jesus— God starts the process of trying to convince you to surrender every part of your life fully to God. And he brings you to the point where you accept Jesus. And after you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit starts working in your life more and more and more, dredging stuff out and putting stuff in, and dredging stuff out and putting more of him in, and dredging more stuff out and pouring more of him in. So your entire being is filled with all the fullness of God and the power that comes from him. So that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or imagine because his power is at work in your life. 
You see, God wants to take stuff out so he can put his stuff in you. So you can live up to the kingdom potential he saw in you when he saved you. That's why God wants to dredge stuff out so we can put his stuff in. God wants to take us all and make us all deeper. And so he does this process of dredging the stuff from our lives. But here's the kicker. I believe, and you can, you can fight me on this one if you want to, if you're in a fighting mood tonight. You're pretty quiet tonight, so I don't know if you're in a fighting mood. So I think I can get by with this one. I believe Jesus is willing to take people as deep as they want to go. Again, you can fight me on that one. But I'll say it again, because I got the mic. Jesus is willing to take people as deep as they want to go. Let's look at the scriptures. I was having a conversation this week with a guy, and we were talking about John's gospel. And it, have you ever found it interesting that Jesus kind of had like the 12 and then the 72, but then he had like an inner core, right? Who were they? Peter, James, and John. Kind of like an inner circle. Have you ever wondered why those three were maybe closer to Jesus than the others, it appears? And it it really appears, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that John had a very different perspective on the person of Jesus than Matthew, Mark, Luke. Not, not, not different in the sense that it was like a different Jesus, but there's a depth to John's writing. There's an intimacy, a, a deeper knowing of the person of Christ if you read his letter. Why? Is because John was this special disciple that Jesus picked? To be his like homeboy or something? Or his best friend? No. Here's what I believe. And again, you can fight me on this. I believe John had the desire to go as deep as Jesus was willing to take him. And here's what I believe for you tonight. And God kind of puts the ball in your court. Jesus wants to take you deeper more than you realize. But he's putting the ball in your court saying to you, I'm willing to take you as deep as you want to go. So that begs this question tonight. How deep are you willing to go with Jesus? How much do you want the more that God has for you? Because I believe with all my heart, he's willing to take you as deep as you want to go. Jesus, the scriptures teach us, seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. He's willing to take you as deep as you want to go and how willing are you, how deep are you willing to go with Jesus? And this applies to, to the mature believers that are in the room. You've walked with Jesus for a while, but maybe you've come to a point where you have plateaued a bit and you've gotten a little stagnant and your spiritual life, you love God, but there's just, you've lost that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, never be lacking in zeal. Never. But maybe as a mature believer, you've lost that passion for God. 
And I'm not talking about trumped up energy. I'm not talking about excitability. I'm talking about passion for Jesus that comes from a close relationship with God. Maybe you've lost that zeal. You've kind of plateaued a bit. Maybe some sediment and dirt has gathered and you've lost that passion for God. And, and, and maybe for you, the deeper place God wants to take you, it's not necessarily like a willful active habit or sin. Maybe there's the priorities of your life are, have messed up. Maybe God wants to shift some things in your life and move some things around and maybe make more time and space in your life for the things of God. Maybe he wants to dredge away some things from your life that maybe necessarily aren't bad things, but they're not the best things. To make room for the best things of the kingdom. Does that make sense? Maybe God wants to make some room in your life. Paul, in his letter to 2 Corinthians, I mentioned earlier, this is probably Paul's actually fourth letter to the church in Corinth. This is what he says to them. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our hearts are wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. Some of our biggest barriers in this room, it isn't always the sin that we have in our lives. It's often that our affections are actually misplaced on other things. Good things, but not the best things. Our things and not the kingdom things that God wants us to care about. What if the thing holding us back wasn't necessarily the, the sin or active habits we have in our lives, but the fact that we just aren't all in for Jesus and his kingdom? Maybe we've restricted our affections or we only care a little bit about the kingdom instead of caring a lot of bit about the kingdom. The word to Paul for us here today is widen your heart. Widen your heart to make more room for God. To make more room for others. To make more room for the kingdom of God. Widen your heart. Shift things. The Holy Spirit will convict you with how you spend your time, talent, and treasure. And maybe he wants to realign your priorities to increase your kingdom capacity. And you just need to say, Lord, if there's anything in my life you want to change or rearrange so I can be used to the fullness that you have for me, God, would you have your way? Because he's Lord, amen? He's king, amen? He gets to call the shots, amen? And so it's us not just saying that and giving God lip service, but it's saying, no, Jesus, you are king. You are Lord of my life, and you can have it all. Invite the worship team and prayer team to come. So, tonight, how much room do you have in your heart for God? Has like sediment and dirt built up so that your capacity for God has actually shrunk because it's filled with other stuff? Maybe there's some stuff you've got to get rid of. Maybe it's something that Paul talked about in his letters that are kind of black and white, crystal clear things. Maybe there's something, a specific thing in your life the Holy Spirit is convicting you of and you need to say, Lord, forgive me. I've been doing this. I've got this habit in my life. Forgive me. I want to be rid of it. I don't want that to hold me back from what you have for me. Maybe it's that. 
Or maybe it's something that's maybe not as black and white as in Paul's letters, but you've put something ahead of God in your life, and it needs to be in the right order. Maybe it's even your family. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's something in your life, but the Lord's like, that's a good thing in the right order. Maybe it's that, and you need to make room for what God wants to do in your life. Are you spending your time, talent, and treasure to help build God's kingdom or just merely your own? And hear the good news here tonight, church. God wants to make room because he sees your potential. God, make, God wants to make room because he wants to do stuff in and through your life that would absolutely blow your mind right now if he were to show you. Ephesians 3.20. I said it once and I'll say it again. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine because his power is at work in your life. We have no idea what the God of this universe can do in and through our lives if we would just give it all to him. He has such good plans for each and every one of us. He has such good plans for us as a church, amen? He wants to blow our minds with what he can do. And he's looking for a people that will make room for him so he can move in power, so he can work through the church, so he can be glorified and draw more and more people to himself. So we're going to prepare for a time of communion together tonight. Maybe as we sing this song called Make Room, you need to come up for prayer and saying, this is a specific thing I feel like the Holy Spirit is pointing out tonight that I need to make room for God for. We got some prayer people up here that love to pray with you. Maybe you're here tonight and you've yet to accept Jesus and you want to pray to receive Jesus in your heart. You can come forward too. Or maybe you're a mature believer here tonight and you've kind of plateaued and lost your passion and you want someone to pray for you as we prepare for communion, as we prepare to fill up on Jesus you want to unload. Or maybe just from your seat here tonight, you want to reflect and say, Jesus, I picked up some dirt. I need you to dredge my heart. I need you to take some stuff out so I can make room for you. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit in these moments we have together to do what he wants to do. Would you pray with me? Father dear, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, would you help us to make room for you as we prepare to take communion and as we prepare to live our lives for you? Would you help us, Lord, to make room for you? In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.